Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Digital Engagement, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Changing the Game with Digital Engagement Radio, one of our longest running series here on Game Changers. I am Bonnie D. Graham, as the gentleman kindly mentioned, and we have a very interesting topic for you today. I usually open with a buzz quote. Well, I have three buzz quotes for you, so put your seatbelt on. I usually say that at the end. So here's a quote from Tom Fishburne, the founder of Marketunis. That sounds like an interesting company. The best marketing doesn't feel like marketing. Okay, just think about that for a second. Buzz number two, marketers need to build digital relationships and reputation before closing a sale. That's from Chris Brogan, CEO of the Owner Media Group. And I have one more from the Clue Train Manifesto, which is actually a book of 95 business theses published in 1999 and, and added on in 2000. Companies that speak in the language of the pitch are no longer speaking to anyone. So that gives you a clue where we're going. So let's talk. For years, sales organizations have understood they need a new way to engage prospects and customers, particularly since get rid of that Rolodex, get rid of those cold calls, except under extreme situations. That was getting dismal results. Nobody wanted to be Rolodex or cold call anymore. Why? Buyers today and in recent years are demanding a personalized, customized, integrated experience along their total customer journey if they're on the way to becoming your customer, okay? So think about that journey. Where are you finding them? What do they want? Who are they? How much time do they have? What are they interested in? How can you be a trusted partner? At the same time, marketers, in contrast to sales, have been reluctant to embrace a new way of engaging customers. They throw out the volume argument, just keep bringing in the numbers, right? Fill that pipeline, just keep those numbers coming. Who is right? Well, if sales teams are having real success, real measurable success with digital engagement model, why are marketers so resistant? What information, what data, what knowledge will help marketers embrace this new paradigm? I don't think it's that new, actually. It's, it's here. And how can marketers support their sales team counterparts for their aggregate or collective success. That's what we're going for. I have three experts, specialists, people in the know. We're going to benefit from their insights today. We have Steve Watt at Seismic. Steve, wave. In case somebody sees the video eventually, we're not live streaming. We have Sarah Goodall at Tribal Impact. Sarah, say hello. Hello. And we and we have Sherelle Robinson Brown at SAP. Sherelle, it's been years since you've been on radio with me. I'm welcoming you back. I, I know Sarah and Steve have been on recently. So welcome back, Sherelle. We're going to ask for their insights on what it will take for marketers to change their mindset, their skill set, and probably their tool set. And we're titling this show Marketers Reality Check. Your digital presence quotient, and I'm calling that DPQ. I coined that term during our prep call, so I'm taking ownership of that. Welcome again. I'm Bonnie. I'm still Bonnie, and I plan to be for the rest of the hour. Let's go through intro. Steve Watt, I'm going to put you up first on speaker view. Steve, welcome back. Always wonderful to see you, hear you, learn from you. Steve, take about three minutes, please, and remind everybody. I'm guessing, Steve, there's about Seven people, point three, who don't remember you. Talk to those seven point three and shame on them. Refresh their memory. What do you do? A little bit about seismic and what's your passion for this topic? Steve Watt, welcome. 
Thank you, Bonnie. Always such a pleasure to chat with you. And, uh, and of course, with my good friends, Sarah and Sheryl as well. So um, as, as you said, I, I now work for Seismic, which is the global leader in sales enablement. And my, the specific area that I focus on is digital engagement and, and in particular, social engagement. So right in the heart of what we're talking about here. Um, I have long been a huge believer that there is a giant untapped opportunity to build trust and, and nurture relationships and spark business building conversations by being really human and authentic and passionate on social media. And that means changing a whole lot of ways that a lot of companies and individuals operate and, and the way they measure and, and, and everything else. And I'm, I'm thrilled and, and so fortunate to be at a company now that really embraces that. In the past, I've done exactly that as a entrepreneur. Um, I, um, you know, I, for several years, I built my own consulting and fractional marketing leadership business without ever running an ad, without ever making a cold call, without ever sending a prospecting email, not even once. I did it entirely by delivering value on LinkedIn and making myself a magnet for inbound opportunities. And I, and I believe strongly that that's the opportunity in front of all of us. So I've, I've done it in big companies. I've done it in small companies. I've done it self-employed. And uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be with some fellow travelers who, who, who understand all of this as well. I like the way you put that, fellow travelers. Was I right in my opening, Steve, just briefly, that marketers are resistant to this concept of digital presence, digital... Yes, I'm getting nods from everybody here. Steve, that was right on? Okay. Steve. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we can... we can. I'm sure we're going to go down that road. Um, so I don't yes. want to get too far up on my soapbox right now. But yeah, <laughs> completely agree with you, Bonnie. I think there's, there's mindset issues, there's measurement issues... There's who gets credit for what issues. There's yep. all sorts of things that stand in the way of really doing what's right for, for the organization and for the customer. Thank you. Thank you very much, Steve. Good to have you back. Sarah Goodall, I'm guessing there's, Steve, don't get upset, 6.2 people who don't remember who you are. So you talk to those six, okay? And just refresh us, Sarah, so happy to have you back. Tribal Impact, love your logo for those who were able to see the video. And Sarah, just refresh us. What do you do? What is Tribal Impact? And what's your passion for the topic? Go ahead. Well, yeah. So thank you so much for having me back. It's lovely to be here. So I'm, I am a marketing person. I have been for over 25 years and also was at marketing at SAP, which is why um, I love the family at, at SAP. Um, I set up, I left SAP about six years ago, set up Tribal Impact. So I'm the founder and CEO of this company. Um, and we are all about what Steve talks about, activating employee voices on social media in an authentic and credible way. And those voices can be uh, leaders' voices, expert voices, sales voices, you know, and everybody's got their own little sort of nuance, if you like. Um, and the, I, I'm a big believer. I mean, Steve covered it off really, with, and we know each other really quite well. So, uh, so we share the same passion for activating employee voices. And I've always said, you know, if you put the employees in front of your logo, they're the most trusted, incredible voice that your brand could ever put out there. Um, and, you know, you, you've got to, as a company, you've just got to have the confidence and trust that they and, and enable them and support them and give them the confidence to be able to do that. That's my passion. I come from a marketing background. So I guess I've got a foot in that camp. 
Um, but since starting my business, I've also got a foot in the sales camp. So I think it's really made me appreciate this uh, dynamic that we're talking about today. So thank you very much, Sarah. But pleasure to have you back. Sarah, you said you're on, on both sides. That's true. If you have your own business, you are marketing and you are selling. But something you said jumped out at me. You said, put your employees in front of your logo. Yeah. I've never heard it said exactly that way. <laughs> What an interesting thought. Put them out there. We talk about employees being evangelists, right? Being advocates, being ambassadors, the loyal employees who know what the company is doing, what they're all about. Very interesting. I'm, that's going to stick with me for a long time, Sarah. Thank you very much. And Sherelle Robinson-Brown, it has been too many years, my friend. I'm so glad. Uh, Kirsten Boyleau, we have to do a shout out to Kirsten. She manages and sponsors this series. And she said, Sherelle's coming back. And it was, yay, been a couple of years. So Sherelle, talk to everybody. Refresh us. What have you been up to? Why are you here? What's your passion about this new concept, this new way of digital engagement. Welcome back, Sherelle. Such a pleasure to be back, Bonnie. Um, I don't know where the time went, but again, I'm very grateful for you and this platform. Um, again, this is uh, a form of digital engagement. Um, and again, I'm equally grateful to be on the platform with Steve and Sarah. Sarah and Steve both said something that struck me um, and it makes me know that I'm on the right path with all of the, you know, notes that I typed out for this segment. And, you know, it's like, you know, they talk without saying the word crowdsourcing because it's so important and it's so organic right now. They're talking about crowdsourcing and that's what our customers do, right? So when we talk about, you know, marketing or digital sales or digital engagement or digital presence, it's really about using tools and techniques and finding um, and listening and captivating an individual or a community around a particular issue. And this is what we're all here for. So this digital engagement piece is very, very near and dear to my heart. I don't know if you guys remember about me. I started with social selling and then it transformed into digital selling and now it's digital engagement. And we call the nomenclature digital presence for marketing folks because they're so sensitive about how we're wording it and we don't sell, we're marketers. So that's what I'm here for. I am supporting the leading edge marketing program at SAP and I'm also supporting the digital engagement program, again, which used to be social selling. So, so happy to be here and talk to you guys about this amazing topic. Thank you, Sherelle. And I will tell those who, who end up seeing the video, I know uh, I'm guessing all three of you will take snippets and post it on social, but behind me is the banner changing the game with digital engagement. It used to be social selling, then mm -hmm. it was digital selling. Kirsten keeps changing the name of the series to go with the flow of the times. Okay. We're talking about digital engagement. So before we go to the opening quotes and everybody sent me cool quotes from movies and songs and, and TV show characters, I wanna ask each of you a question. We'll go first, Steve, and then Sarah, and then Cheryl. And the question is, I've we've titled this, Marketer's Reality Check, Your Digital Presence Quotient, DPQ, okay? So if we had to go on a scale of one to 100, 100 being, that's a really awesome DPQ. Steve, where would you sit on that scale? We, I didn't, we didn't talk about this in advance, so this is very ad hoc. Steve, what do you think? Where do I think my own DPQ yes. is? Yep. Um, I would like to think uh, 80 out of 100. I think I've got a pretty solid presence. I think that I have built pretty good, not just awareness, but uh, alignment with, I, I think that 
here, here's how I, I think about these things. It's one thing to know that a company or a person exists. That's, that's awareness, right? But more important is, do you know what they stand for? Do you know what they believe? Do you know what they, uh, what they see as important and needs to change? And I think I've done a reasonably good job of that, at least on LinkedIn. I mean, I'm not across a whole bunch of platforms, so maybe I'm being too generous to myself. Um, but I do get a lot of people saying, I like what you're doing and, and I agree with where you come from. I agree with your point of view on stuff. So I think that's important. So I'll, I'll put myself, uh, you know, somewhere in, in, if not 80, at least up in the 70s. Thank you. Very interesting. Very self-knowing. Sarah Goodall, where would you be on this PDQ or DPQ? DPQ. I'm getting a mix up. <laughs> keep, me, keep me honest. Your PDQ, that's an old one. Go ahead, Sarah. Where are you? Oh, I'm probably the same as Steve, actually. I'm, I'm about, I fluctuate between your 70 and 80. Some days I'm on it. I am all over it and I am spinning plates. Um, other days I'm just like, I, I'm just so busy that I just don't get the time. But um, yeah, so I, I sort of, I think everybody does though, don't they? They sort of fluctuate a little bit. So, Thank you. And Sherelle, where will you put yourself? I would say, uh, along with Sarah, uh, between a 70 and an 80, and it depends on if I'm training, I'm definitely an 80 because I'm using all of the tips and tricks and interacting, engaging and doing demos. However, you know, when it's my normal rigmarole, I get very busy and I'm about a 70. So I'm just passing, but I'm still there. Okay, very interesting. Well, I have no idea what my DPQ is other than in order to be able to get into the LinkedIn live stream program, which is still in beta, which is a long time, I had to prove that I am an active participant in content sharing. And I had to go through many of my radio shows. I chose to do this and took one hour shows and edited them down to nine minutes and 50 something seconds because the limit on LinkedIn for posting already recorded material that didn't start live on LinkedIn is 10 minutes. So I was posting one or two shows, videos of shows a week for about a month. And then I applied and they said, okay, you have enough of a digital presence on our platform that we will allow you to live stream your shows. And there was only one show that I live stream every week. So I, I don't know whether my quotient is I was at, at a zero and now I'm at a 25 or I'm at a 50. Steve, where would I be with my- Oh, you're much higher. You're being overly modest. Okay. Uh, you, you do a great job at, at this stuff. You you absolutely <laughs> do. I mean, when, when, you, when you really, I think sometimes we, we all operate in this bubble of other people who also do this pretty well. And we <laughs> sometimes judge ourselves pretty harshly. But I mean, I, I was reading some interesting data just specific to LinkedIn where I focus saying that, you know, there, there's what 680 or 700 and something million uh, people have LinkedIn profiles. Almost half of them are, are active each month. So mm -hmm. several hundred million, but only about 3 million people posted anything at all in the last month. So, I mean, the reality is that there are a tremendous number of people entirely or almost entirely sitting this out. So um, yeah, I, I think uh, all four of us are, are showing up and speaking up and doing some good things and, and hopefully uh, a whole lot of others will join us. 
Thank you, you very know, much. I, I, Go ahead, I actually, yeah, I just wanted to weigh in a little bit there because I, I put some notes down. Steve, you said exactly what resonates with me. Like there are millions of people engaging on digital. And this means there are millions of people that you can learn from. There are millions of people that you can attract to your business. There are millions of people that you can help solve a problem that you can sell to and that you can market your products and services to. So why not? Like, why not do this? I just don't understand. And, and your point about, about learning is so important too. Oftentimes yep. people are so transactional and they're thinking, well, how is this growing my business and all? Well, yeah, that matters, of course. But I, I reflect on how much I have learned yeah. from other people on LinkedIn, from their posts and from the content that they share and link out to. And I have become a better marketer, a better salesperson, a better leader, a better person, I would even say, um, from what I've learned. So even if I didn't actually accomplish anything from my career and my business, I still would be ahead of the game. Um, Steve, it's and, like and, being and, in school. It's like being in school all the time, every right? Every day. Learning. Every day is a school day. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that's an interesting thing. We talk about training for people in COVID, our companies providing training and learning paths and what's your career path and how much you, knowledge do you have and what do you need to do your job better or a different job if you aspire to, to go to a different, different job, vertical, horizontal. But when you think about it as social engagement people, digital engagement people, we are in the path of learning every minute of every day when you go online. That's absolutely true. I learned about engagement from a guest on one of my other radio shows. I have a show Monday night called Read My Lips, Cool Conversations with Creatives. And I had a woman on who came up with a, a weight loss thing, a method she uses. And she doesn't sell products or anything. She has 400,000 followers around the world. Within uh, 15 minutes into the show, we had over 1,000 views of the live stream video. By the time we were done, we had 3,000 views. By the next day, it was up to 6,000. By the end of the week, it was up to 8,000. A week later, I had 10,000 views on that one 57-minute live stream video on Facebook, just on Facebook. And it, this woman told her social following, hey, I'm going to be on this radio show and we're live streaming and people wanted to see her, wanted to hear, wanted to learn what she had to say. She was one of three on a panel and it was fascinating that she brought. So I learned that sometimes it's people who aren't even selling products, Steve, they don't really have much of a big company. They're not out there to change a whole bunch of the world, just make a little bit of change in their part of the world. And I was amazed that she was able to, and I've had people a lot more famous than she is, who haven't brought a fraction as many viewers or listeners to a show. So that was a real a learning, interesting a learning uh, opportunity for me. So let's go to our quotes here. I know Kristen's listening and she's saying, when are you going to get to all the quotes? They prepared the quotes. So this is the part where I've asked my guests to send me quotes that have nothing to do with the topic. And I'm going to give you a little bit of background on the quote. Steve, you introduced me to a group I've never heard of, the Arkells. And the Arkells are a Canadian rock band formed in Hamilton, Ontario. In 2006, they signed with Dine Alone Records. I love that. That's something that could have been during pandemic era, right? Dine Alone Records. Okay, I, I digress. Five albums, two EPs, and many singles that charted in Canada. And there, the song is Knocking at the Door, and I'm going to read the quote. Got the North Star guiding me. It's the fire burning inside of me. No, I don't need a miracle. I've got something far more powerful. That's me. I'm knocking at the door. I'm thirsty for more, for more, for more. Steve, how did I do? Talk to me. Fantastic. I was waiting for you to actually start singing. You had the cadence right. 
you, you, you had it there. I was waiting for you to just really bust out in song. Bonnie. I promised I'm not going to sing on the show. I promised. I'll be. Steve, I'm going to put you on speaker. You take about two minutes to tell us how did you pick this quote and what does it have sure. to do with our topic? Well, you know, ask me 10 times for quotes. I'll give you uh, quotes from 10 different Canadian rock bands. So uh, um, Arkells are one of many great ones. Uh, just down the road from me here, I'm, I'm in Toronto, as you said, there in Hamilton. Uh, you know, uh, an hour down the road. And one of the many great bands, uh, past and present in, in the Canadian uh, rock scene, um, I think they're fantastic. And I, I could have chosen many of their lyrics, but I, I like that one. I, I, I find it inspiring. The, the song, if you actually look into when and why they wrote it, it was really about social movements and it was about people rising up collectively to build a better world which speaks to me, but it also speaks to me on a personal level. I mean, that, that, that drive inside of each of us that, that makes us always want more for ourselves, for our families, for our companies, for our communities, and, and for the world more broadly, I think is, is really important. And, uh, you know, we all know that not every day is a good day. Not, sometimes not every year is a good year. Um, but we, we, we need to have a personal North Star and we need to have something that we are are driving for, and uh, and it's also just a fantastic song. So if I'm ever feeling a little low on energy, I can just pop that on, and you know, four minutes later, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Isn't that nice? And and just a couple months ago, Steve, I asked Alexa to put together a playlist for me of of dance music. I'm a drummer as well, and I I uh, like to listen to upbeat music, so I put on things like. Um, uh, Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars, and I can't go for that. Hall and Oates, and uh, Georgie Porgy by Toto, and other. And when I'm I'm feeling not quite, and I'm not on the air, I'll say Alexa, play my dance one playlist, and it just I just wanna I want to get up and dance, and it just changes everything. It's it's nice. uplifting. So well, yes. if you need a lift, um, watch a live version on of the YouTube of Arkell's knocking at the door. Um, like I say, it's it's four minutes of high energy. Uh, feel good and pump you up. Thank you we very our, much. You know, we have our own radio station where we are because for that very reason over the last year, we just needed a bit of a pump up sometimes. And so we just collectively put all our things on Spotify list and had a company radio station where we can all just very play it out. Nice. Very nice. There's good a to tip know. for anyone listening. See how much <laughs> we're learning from each other already. Sarah, Sarah, you're up. Sarah has sent us a quote from Pinocchio, a 1940 American animated musical fantasy film. And it's from the song, give a little whistle. And, and the original version, blah, 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 blah. It's about Jiminy Cricket and Pinocchio. And interestingly enough, apparently Pinocchio is a puppet who's trying to come to life. He was created by a puppeteer, a woodmaker named Geppetto. And I guess he's trying to stand up and learn to walk. And this is in the song, the, the lyric goes something like, give a little whistle, woo-hoo. I'm off key, but that's the idea. So here's the line that comes. Let me read the line here. When you get in trouble and you don't know right from wrong, give a little whistle, give a little whistle. When you meet temptation and the urge is very strong, give a little whistle, give a little whistle. Not just a little squeak, pucker up and blow. And if your whistle's weak, yell, Jiminy Cricket, take the straight and narrow path. And if you start to slide, give a little whistle, give a little whistle. And here's the line Sarah selected. And always let your conscience be your guide. 
Sarah, help me out here. I've gone too deep in the song. So what does this have to do with our topic today, Sarah? Go ahead. Yeah, I think it's more the last line. Let conscience be your guide. The amount of people I talk to, you know, how should I behave? How should I do this? What if I say something wrong on social media? How how do I engage? Who? How, how am I like them? And I think sometimes people spend too much time worrying about trying to be like someone else or trying to be like who they are or should be, what they think they should be. Um, and I just like this line because let conscience be your guide is more just if it feels right, it probably is right. If it doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. So let conscience be your guide. And and it's quite timely for me because I've got three kids and, you know, I'm trying to build their self-esteem, their confidence, you know, and get them to trust their inner guts more. Um, mm-hmm. They're at an age at the minute where they keep looking at others. And, you know, so I do think, you know, that that kind of insecurity that can grow with you as a person. And I think quite often you do look at others, what we were talking about earlier. It's like, you're really good. You're all over social media. How do I get like that? It's like, just drop it and just try and be who you are. Um, And, you know, we've got a little mantra. Well, I've got a little mantra, which is, you know, focus on the fun and the numbers will come. All right. Trust your gut. And if it's right, it'll, it'll, if, if it feels right, it probably is. So Focus on the fun and the numbers will you're you're dropping some really good bon mots. Because write a book. Do you think, Bonnie? I might write these down. Put your employees in front of your logo and have the fun and the numbers will go. We're remembering all of this, Sarah. You're going to find those in the audio I send you. Let's move to Sherelle. Sherelle's quote fits so perfectly with everything we've gotten so far in quotes from Stephen, from Sarah. It's one of my favorite quotes from Dory, voiced by the inimitable Ellen DeGeneres from Finding Nemo, 2003 animated computer animated adventure film and it's voiced by dory as i said dory is the regal blue tang a plucky forgetful fish with short-term memory loss and the quote is just keep swimming 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 sherelle love this quote it pops up a couple times a year on various shows Mm -hmm. and it just you just want to smile so sherelle talk to us how'd you pick this one so, Bonnie, you have an uncanny knack of making these things flow beautifully. So that was, <laughs> I have to give you credit for that. That was amazing. So for me, it's like, because when you keep swimming, even when you're swimming against the flow, you get stronger, right? So to me, just swimming, just keep swimming is synonymous with the term never give up. To keep swimming, it says to me, I'm focused on the process of swimming instead of the destination, which sometimes if you're looking at the end goal, you can kind of get frustrated. So I'm just going to worry about the process that I'm in now, wherever I land, whatever goal I reach is because I swam there. So it makes me take ownership. Um, It means that I'm responsible for where I am. And I intentionally got there because I didn't give up. And if I don't like where I am, I can just keep swimming. So. Thank you very much. And thank you for your kind words about keeping them flowing. I, I just like to read poetry and songs with a cadence, just just a cold read, if you will. And I appreciate that, Sherelle. Thank you all for doing taking the time to pick really, really interesting quotes. And Sarah learned that sometimes you pick a quote you think is original to a movie, and it was said 150 years earlier by all kinds of people, statesmen and politicals. We went around the block on a, a couple quotes. They were good, but they weren't original to the movie. And it's it's actually probably hard to find quotes that haven't 
hasn't been said by somebody. So let's go on to our roundtable. Let's do a deep dive into our topic. If you're just tuning in, this is Changing the Game with Digital Engagement Radio presented by SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Very happy to be here with Steve Watt, with Sarah Goodall, and with Sherelle Robinson-Brown. And now it's our time to go into our topic. And the topic is, what is your DPQ? Marketers, take a reality check. Look in the mirror. What is your digital presence quotient. And we all agreed we're hovering around 70, 80 out of 100 here on the panel. So myself included. So and these people are really active marketers. So you got a lot long ladder to climb there to get up to that level. Steve, I'm looking at your statement number two, and you say brand lives at the edge of the organization, the cumulative power of your people engaging on social media with confidence and purpose absolutely dwarfs the power, here it comes, of your advertising. That's a great statement. Steve, I'm going to give you about three minutes, expand it, unpack it, as they say on the news. Then I'll ask Sarah to chime in, agree or disagree. Sarah, get ready. You can take notes. And Sherelle, you get the pleasure of chiming in and agreeing or disagreeing with Steve and or with Sarah. So Steve, you're up. Talk to me. All right. Yeah, I, I want to get in on Sarah's quote of the day calendar business here. So <laughs> I, I think I'm... <laughs> I'm really saying something similar to what Sarah said when she said, put your people in front of your logo. And I think that's where I'm coming from with this, this idea of brand lives at the edge of the organization. I mean, a big movement in, in technology and IT and everything is this idea of edge computing, right? Mm -hmm. that, that it used to be that processing power and, and technology and computing power lived at headquarters. And then out in the field, everything was kind of dumb. It was kind of just like blunt instruments. But now computing power is moving to the edge and, and you see this across all forms of industries and everything, a tremendous processing power at the edge of the organization is revolutionizing the way everything gets done. And I think the same thing's happening in brand and in marketing, um, the, the, the power, the voice is moving from the central headquarters, from the central big advertising voice out to the edge of the organization, to the people. Uh, and there are some organizations that absolutely see this and embrace it and empower and enable their people to be amazing brand ambassadors or call them whatever you want at the edge. And there's other organizations that don't get it at all. And they either purposefully stand in the way and say, don't do anything, like be quiet, sit down, be quiet and you know, keep your head down. Or they kind of just leave it to chance. And it's like, well, yeah, I guess maybe, I guess, I don't know, what does it have to do with me? I'm over here running ads at headquarters. And, and I, I believe that this is going to be a tremendous uh, shift as we, as we move forward, uh, that those organizations that best understand this and best enable and empower it are going to build a tremendous competitive advantage against those that don't. I mean, you take two organizations, um, you know, I, I like to think of it as the ghost town versus the super connected enterprise, right? The ghost town, there's, there's buildings there, there's a facade, but there's no people. There's like tumbleweeds blowing through the streets. <laughs> and then that's the way a lot of companies are. You see them, they, they, they've got a, a LinkedIn company page. They've got a company Twitter and a company Facebook and a company Instagram and all this kind of stuff. And, and they've got millions of followers, but basically no engagement. And, and why? because their people aren't there. And then you look at another organization that is super connected and they understand that brand 
lives at the edge and they've, they've helped their people to really build the, the, that voice. And those organizations, um, you know, they're vibrant and, and they, they are building so much more brand, so many more relationships. They're involved in so many conversations with customers and prospects and partners and industry influencers and everybody else. And I just think it's, it's game changing when you embrace that thinking. So um, yes, your headquarters still matters. Yes, your advertising voice still matters. I'm not saying stop doing that. I'm saying that is necessary, but not sufficient. That, that increasingly the real power lives with your people at the edge of the organization. Thank you. And I like the way you related that to edge computing. This is edge digital marketing, digital presence. Thank you, Steve. Sarah, love to get your POV on this. Agree or disagree with Mr. Watt? You're up. Oh, I totally agree. I totally oh. agree. Steve and I are in alignment all the time. And I think, you know, we've had a lot of good conversations about this. Um, I think perhaps just to add to that, I think perhaps a mistake a lot of organizations make is they assume that the sales team are the only people that can make the difference, right? So I would just, and I know Steve is talking about, you know, this is much bigger than that, much wider than that and it really truly is and I know today we're talking about sales and marketing but it's much wider than that too it's um you know it's about how your expert voices can be out there creating content and connecting to external influencers it's about the role your leaders play on social media in in terms of attracting talent to the organization it is much bigger I think uh, from my experience a lot of the mistakes that, that companies make is and, and I can see why they, they go to sales first because they're the front with the customer and they're the ones that engage with the customer. So that's where we need to, you know, invest effort in enablement first. Um, I would just say, you know, it's much bigger than that. And you need to think bigger than that. It's the, your entire organization, to your point, Steve. So. Thank you, Sarah. Sherelle, please join us. Agree or disagree with either or both. You've got a lot, of, lot to chew on here. Go ahead, Sherelle. Absolutely agree. They took the words right out of my brain. And I want to say, in addition to what both Steve and Sarah said, it's funny because individuals are so afraid of engagement. The companies seem to have it down to a science. They create these brands, these amazing brands. And what we don't do as individual employees or parts of the company is we don't utilize what they've already created. So we think that we have to create something else and it's already created for us. We just have to utilize it and leverage the branding. So it's not as hard as people make it feel. Um, and you just uh, sort of just keep swimming. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I like the way you brought that in. Thank you, Steve. Anything you want to say back before we move on? I picked a statement for Sarah next. So, Steve, thoughts? Well, the, they both so enthusiastically agreed. I guess uh, I should just stop talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, what a terrible thing to have people agree and all be really smart and savvy about a topic. And there, there is agreement for good reason. Thank you very much. Steve, I know you had a couple of iconic notes in there that we'll find for you on the video and on the audio track. Your moments where everybody's going to have a moment, a quotable moment today. Sarah, I'm looking at your statement number two and you worded it so, so mm -hmm. cleverly you say digital selling and digital marketing should play a game of digital ping pong. Okay. Now we're nearing the end of the pandemic. Some people are think they're already out of it. And so ping pong table, what's a regulation table, eight feet, 10 feet, six feet. So I'm thinking Enough. people, 
Could, <laughs> enough, enough, enough. They could play ping pong with or without a mask. Yes. So talk to me about this concept of digital ping pong, Sarah, please. I'm putting you up on speaker. Go ahead. Yeah, it came to me a couple of years ago, actually, where I think probably where I had a real appreciation for the relationship between digital sales and digital marketing, because, you know, running a business and having, you know, those insights on both sides. Um, and I remember actually Kirsten, um, she was over here a couple of years ago, I think, when we had a, a, an event and she mentioned, she goes, oh, that slide, that is brilliant. And it really is. It's the relationship. It's not marketing used to be filling the top of the funnel and sales used to finish it off. Right. And then we used to have a bit of an argument somewhere in between about, you know, well, the quality is not very good and you didn't follow up fast enough. And, you know, something happens around there and something might actually drop through and become a customer. Um, <laughs> it's not like that anymore. It's so not like that and I always think now it's about it is like digital ping pong you know I've never understood the value of sales conversations more than I have since starting my own business so the value of every question that you're asked from a customer you should turn that into marketing content that's your first ping pong right and then that content should be put into the hands of your salespeople so they can share it with their networks that they've spent time building nurturing and then then that sends traffic to your website there's your there's your other ping pong and that data should be fed back into sales it's like did you know this customer's been on our website on this product page no i did not i was talking to this customer about something else and you can see how the ping pong then goes around from back forth back forth back forth so um so that's where the analogy came from so it's less about aligning with each other because there's a lot of talk about sales and marketing alignment yes. and i'm like forget that align around the customer so there's my pitch there <laughs> is a lot of talk about aligning we've done entire shows on this series sarah about yes. the need to align and stop the silos and stop walking in opposite directions talk to each other and align with each other so you're saying just just add another sentence or two about why you think they don't need to align with each other but rather with the customer sarah just a little bit more because you're just you're just looking internally all the time. You're not actually looking at the people that matter. It's which is actually the reason we're all there is to help serve our customers better. So let's listen to our customers. Turn that into great content that's relevant, um, that's you know timely, that's relatable. Um, and this is where you can start to feed that into other things like get activating your experts to be those content producers and feed that content. So it's all connected. Um, so I think, you know, we've just got to stop looking at each other going, are we aligned to each other? And it, let's actually put the customer at the heart of it. And um you know, how are we aligned around the customer's behavior? And in a world where, and I know you've done some talks about this, where we're talking about personalization at scale, customers expect it. They expect to be understood yep. and they expect to be uh, listened to and heard. You know, if you go in there blindly saying, well, we've aligned on this and uh, it's like, no, you didn't oh. align to me. So. Not, not to me. Thank you very much, Sherelle. Love to get your POV, agree or disagree with Sarah, Sherelle. Completely agree with it. And it basically, it doesn't matter if you're in sales or marketing or services or HR. If you have a customer base, you need to be able to reach them immediately, especially in this climate. We can't travel as much as we used to. So, you know, what do the customers like and need? You need to find out how to give them what they like and need. And that's all that digital listening, right? Finding out what they need, 
Where are they? Where, what digital platforms are they on? Because everybody's not on LinkedIn. So whatever digital platform they're on, go there, do your research and be able to speak the language that they speak on that platform. And, you know, establish yourself. You also have to brand yourself on those platforms. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't, then why not? You know, what are customers talk? What are people talking about? What have you done to encourage them to engage with you? What's special about you? What makes you different? So I wholeheartedly agree with Sarah. Absolutely. Isn't that interesting? I think my LinkedIn picture has me. You can sort of see the drums underneath me. I'm sitting at my drum kit. You'd be surprised or maybe not at how many people say, oh, you're a drummer. It's not, oh, you have a radio show or, oh, you've been in, in marketing or you've been a, a broadcast presence for the past 20 years. No, oh, you're a drummer. I am too. And it, it, it right, it piques people's interest. There's something about that, the branding of who you are personally, professionally, and how do people, what do they see first and how do they engage with you? Very interesting point, Sherelle. Steve, you're bringing up the rear on this one. What do you think? Agree or disagree with anything or everything? Well, it would be too easy if we all agreed with everything. So I'm going to say, you. Sarah, you're totally wrong. <laughs> Way off. Go for it. Come on then. Let's have it. Way off. <laughs> I got my boxing gloves in the other room. I'll go Not again. wrong in the customer orientation. Not wrong in the uh, uh, collaboration. But the wrong metaphor. Because when I'm playing ping pong, I don't want to work with you. I want to smash the ball right past you. <laughs> I want to beat you. I, I, I want you to be unable to return my volley. Um, and so I don't think that's the right metaphor. So yeah. I'm going to challenge the metaphor, not the purpose. And I'm going to propose a different one, uh, a different sport. I don't know. Whoa, go ahead. Formula one racing of which I am a giant fan. And, um, I find it fascinating, not just cause it's fast cars and you know, all that kind of stuff, but because of what goes on behind the scenes to actually win, it takes the coordinated effort of literally hundreds of people. You've got people in the factory designing and building the car. You've got the team on the track that's maintaining and doing pit stops. You've got strategists who are making long-term as well as very immediate in the moment calls about when to bring the car in, when to put the car out, when to, what tires to use. And of course you've got the driver, the driver who is, you know, putting their life on the line to, to really bring it all together. And the best driver in a bad car will fail. And, and um, you know, a, a bad driver in, in, a, in a great car will fail or, or bad strategy can botch it all up. So it's a whole lot of people in a whole lot of long-term and short-term motions all coming together to achieve a goal. So I'm going to say Formula One racing instead of ping pong. How about that? And I'll say, I'll just add in there, I'll say pole vaulting instead of racing or ping pong, because you have to coordinate all of your efforts. And I'm going to say that because it's near and dear to my heart. I have a senior in high school and she's going to college to pole vault and, and you know, take up her major. But everything has to be in sync. That run down the runway has to be great. You have to plant that pole. Perfect. You have to know when to pop up and invert. So, and then you have to know when to let go of the pole to go over the bar. So I'll say pole vault. Love it. Well, we're calling this the sports of digital <laughs> engagement today. 
Adeling <laughs> sports analogies. <laughs> Kirsten, you want to change the banner again? We can do changing the game with the sport of digital engagement. I actually, I like that because sports engages everybody at some level of their brain, right? There is a competition. Come on, marketing sales. We're talking competition. You want to make more. You want to do more. You want to more customers in competition, right, Steve? And that's why you, you said ping pong. It's not a let's all just have a nice friendly game. It's wham, wham, wham. I got more than you did. So let, let's be honest about that. And it doesn't have to be brutal. Well, it can be. But the point is you want your business to survive and surviving is selling and selling is making money and making money is we're doing something right. So let's be honest. So the sport, we I didn't say the, the death defying sport. I just said the sport. <laughs> I'm going to get myself out of trouble here and move on. Thank you, Sarah, for that great talking point there. Sherelle, I'm looking at your statement number two, and I like this because it brings up a topic I don't think we've covered yet. You say, as with any other plan, your goal should be based on data and it should be actionable. Even if you've taken, where'd Sherelle go? Even if you've taken the time to engage with your customers, if you do not have actionable data, your goals cannot be achieved. Sherelle, she actually dropped off the show. She's gone. Oh my goodness. She got so excited. I think she pushed, she'll come back. Okay. So maybe we should talk. Can we talk to her, her discussion statement? I'll let her in as soon as she comes back. Steve and Sarah, are you comfortable talking about data and actionable? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Sarah, yes, Sarah, I'm going to, I'm going to put you up first. Go ahead, Sarah. We'll wait for her. Go ahead. Oh, you keep yeah, going. Everything. I, I absolutely love data and I'm going to be honest with you as a marketer a few years ago, I would, I would avoid it at all costs. Right. So um, data was never, a. I, I I mean, we didn't really have enough. And if we did have some, we weren't sure if it was accurate or not. So, and I know there's still questions about accuracy of data today, but I absolutely love data. I love looking for patterns. I love correlating it with other things. I love understanding how one thing impacts another. Um, and, and I'm going to come back to this, you know, sales and marketing, how data from sales can inform marketing and how marketing can inform the sales process. It's hugely valuable. And I think those organizations that have, um, you know, the automation tools and the tools behind the scenes, I think you could do some fascinating stuff. You can make some very good decisions about the content that you optimize, the, um, you know, we, uh, I mean, we look at things like, you know, what's our best performing blogs? How can we respin that content? We call it the turkey dinner, you know, once you've had a turkey dinner, you're, you're living off it for like several days. So how can you squeeze the life out of it? And all of that is driven by data. So making actionable decisions based on the data that we see, not, not hunches. Thank you very much. Sherelle is back. Sherelle, I just sent a message. I just sent a note to, to Sarah and said, we're, gonna, we're talking about your statement and I meant it for Sherelle. So Sherelle, welcome back. Everybody, welcome back, Sherelle. We're happy. <laughs> you know, my internet went down really quick. I, I apologize. About no that. apology needed. It's live radio. We, we, I said to them, do you, are you comfortable talking about Sherelle's statement? And they said, sure. So Sarah took a dive into your statement. Let me read the statement again, Sherelle, just so I'll refresh your memory. And the statement was, as with any other plan, your goal should be based on data and it should be actionable. Sherelle, I'm going to put you on speaker view. Let's hope the internet holds up. We've only got nine minutes left to the show and go ahead, take, take a run with it. Sherelle. So it says like, if you've taken time to engage with your customers and you don't have any actionable data, you won't achieve your goals because uh, basically it's an initial engagement, right? They talk to you back. Maybe you're offering a product or service and they're interested, but 
Now, what do you do next? What kind of data do you have to help you make a healthy decision on the next steps on how you're going to engage with them? Because now they're looking for your expertise. They said, you know what? This person, they're branded enough and they're worthy enough for me to reach out to them or to answer if them if they reach out to me. And now what kind of data or actionable insights do I have? And I need to be able to, as a business owner, as a B2B business, B2C business, to say, you know what? All of the people like you, all of the people who are in your arena, all of the people who are talking about the things that you're talking about are needing this particular product or service or solution. And so now I'm going to take that data and make, because numbers don't lie, people do. Right. So if you're looking at the number, I, I had to get a quote in there. Numbers don't lie, but people do. So I can say that I have this amazing solution for you. But until I get numbers in front of you and show you historically what has happened and what's predicted to happen in the future, I hold no water. There you go. Wow, that was a good one. Numbers don't lie, but people do. And I'm just going to add a caveat or a correlation to that. Numbers don't lie, but people lie about numbers. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Okay, fine. Sarah, <laughs> anything you want to add to that? I know you started off when Cheryl dropped, you started off with that. Steve, you want to chime in on this on data actionable? What do you think? Yeah, I'm just going to add a little bit of a contrarian perspective, uh, sure. as I often do. Not that I disagree with anything that either of you said. Of course, data is super important. Of course it is. Um, but I, th I think sometimes people and organizations do themselves a, a disservice by believing that everything can and should be measured. And that if something can't be or can't be easily measured, that they shouldn't do it. And, and I think that that's kind of tying a hand behind their back at, at times, I, this over fixation on marketing attribution. Um, if we want to tie a very direct and, and transactional conversion metric to everything, then we're only going to do short-term transactional things. Um, you know, it's hard to directly and transactionally um, measure attribution to the reputation and the trust that you build in the marketplace that perhaps comes from your people doing all these things we've been talking about or comes from your podcast or comes from your people speaking at conferences and all these things that earn share of mind and earn reputation and build trust over time and then they pay off later in some transactional thing that you miss attribute so you you then say like oh well um yeah i mean actually most of our our, our opportunities come from uh google search well yeah but th they were there because you earned a place in their mind you know six months ago a year ago through all these other ways that are terribly hard to measure and then they came and they converted over here so yes data is super important but you've got to go beyond believing that you can have direct and clear attribution for everything that you do. I agree with you, Steve. And I, I do have to say, Bonnie, I strategically tried to tie all my statements in together because I knew Steve was going to say that. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> but it's just, you know, I'm just saying in, in essence, just to use the numbers because digital engagement is always rapidly developing, right? It's crucial for us to keep up and plan it out to use 
um, I mean, using a solid business strategy. And then, you know, you have to have actionable data and it's per customer. It's not, you know, I'm only going to use numbers and make decisions, but for this particular segment, how am I going to properly affect them when I don't have any other information about them, but they're my target. So yes, I agree with what you said in addition to what I said. Thank you. Sherelle, thank you. And I'm glad you were able to come back. Really good conversation starter. We have four minutes left and I could give each of you 45 seconds for your prediction, but there's one statement, Steve, what? Statement number three, I'm just going to read the first three words. I just want you to spend 60 seconds and then we'll do a really fast prediction round. Your statement number three says, ungate your content. Steve, just give me a quick 30 seconds. What does this mean? Well, that's the perfect add-on to what we were just talking about a moment mm-hmm. ago. If you insist on perfect attribution for everything, then you gate everything and you are focused on marketing qualified leads or whatever you choose to call them. Um, you're looking for that transactional connection between everything we do leads to a measurable outcome. Uh, I believe that if, not for every business and not for every market, but in many cases, we miss a massive opportunity when we gate everything. We put a form there because 80 or 90% of people bounce when they see that. Yep. Uh, and if we really uh, believe in what we're doing. And if we really believe that we are customer centric and, and, and changing our customers' worlds in positive ways, why would we wanna chase off 80% of the people? Let's get our content into as many hands as possible. Thank you, good, good point. That's also quotable. I give you each now 30 seconds for a prediction. Steve, since I just called on you twice, I'm gonna to go to Sarah first. 30 seconds, that's one sentence with one comma, one semicolon, one short dash, and a period at the end. Sarah, what's your prediction on where we're going with digital engagement presence quotient? Big topic. Sarah, talk to me real fast. I think I'm gonna be a bit controversial. I think we're gonna see a lot more marketing people in sales roles going forward. Okay, leave it there. Sherelle, 20 seconds. What have you got for a prediction? I agree with Sarah. If you're not into, if you're in marketing and you're not into sales and you don't make it click, you're going to get left behind. Whoa, Steve Watt, you get the last prediction. 30 seconds, 20 seconds. I can't even take a contrarian opinion on that. I completely agree with both (laughs) of them. I think the best salespeople understand marketing and love it. And the best marketers understand and love selling. And uh, they, they really are coming together. Thank you very much. I am so appreciative to the three of you and to Kirsten. Everybody pants together for Kirsten Boylo. Great topic, Kirsten. And thank you for inviting such what the three of you are so much, so interesting and so knowledgeable, but you're fun to talk to. And that's my whole concept with thought leadership on game changers radio is that people will enjoy hearing us have a real people conversation about an important topic. And the three of you have helped me fulfill that goal so beautifully today. So let me do my closing shout out to Aaron Keller, my, engineer at Voice America Radio. He calls himself my sidekick and he worked very hard to earn this. When he started working with me three years ago, he was 20 years old. Now he's 80. So I just want you to know he's really put, <laughs> put it, he's really putting the time here. So I want to say to everybody, fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? My car is now getting a month and a half to the gallon. How's yours doing? Go out and be a game changer today. I don't go anywhere. Just like Steve Wadden Seismic. Always great to see you, Steve. Just like Sarah Goodall at Tribal Impact. Thank you so much, Sarah. Just like Sherelle Robinson, Brand SAP. Sherelle, congratulations on the pole vaulter in your family. I hope she does really well. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Just remember, go out and be a game changer today. Do something important. Make a difference. Make the world a better place. Everybody wave goodbye. Bye-bye. 
Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Digital Engagement, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again, Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.